1: Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News, episode 363 on Now You Know. All right, so I want to lead off the show with this story about why we follow and support Elon. Our hearts go out to everyone in Maui affected by the fires. Elon posted this last week, Tesla and SpaceX Starlink doing our best to be helpful in Hawaii. And you know what? He actually helped. Check this out.
2: Let me show you what community is, okay? I'm not talking about government. I'm talking about private citizens. This is Hawaiian homes. This is Archie Kalepa's house. And let me show you another community private member, not part of the community, but certainly giving to the community. Starlink, everywhere. Tesla, batteries, running communications for this entire area of Lahaina that is where everyone comes I just want to show you something okay so you know what you're giving to what it's helped saving okay just want to show you what you have become a part of as well Elon there's the line right there there's the line that's how close it got to the community leader Archie Kaleppa's house which is now the whole neighborhood powered that what you by Starlink and Tesla
1: That was Will Kane showing one of over 50 Starlink Powerwall stations that SpaceX and Tesla donated to help the people on the ground in Maui to get power and internet after the devastating fires that have killed over 100 people with more than 1,000 people missing and destroyed and damaged about 3,000 homes and businesses. And to the people out there in the world who think that Elon is just some crazy billionaire. No. No. Elon cares about people. He doesn't turn on a big PR campaign to glorify his actions. He quietly steps in to help when help is needed. Whether it's sending Starlinks to Ukraine or drinking water to Flint, Michigan, or Powerwalls and Starlinks to Maui, on top of all the other incredible things that his companies are doing to better humanity, he goes above and beyond all the time to help his fellow humans all around the globe. But you wouldn't know that by watching and reading the mass media they don't cover this and that's why you've got us bringing you independent news every week so thank you so much for watching and supporting us let's get into some more news so tesla has reintroduced new versions of the model s and the model x bringing back the standard range options with shorter ranges and lower prices the model s standard range now starts at 78 490 with a range of 320 miles compared to the long range versions, 405 miles. The Model X standard range starts at 88,490 with a range of 269 miles, 79 miles less than the long range version. So that means that both the shorter range versions are $10,000 cheaper. Correct. When are these new versions going to be available? Deliveries are set to begin next month in the US. Tesla has confirmed that they are basically software locking the battery capacity of the long range versions. We're locked out. Wait, so why is Tesla doing this and not just making a smaller, cheaper, and lighter battery pack version? Upselling! Give me, give me, give me. It's a classic upsell with a twist because it's in the most technologically advanced cars in the world. Right, if the owner of a standard range someday wants a higher range car, all Tesla has to do is collect some money from them and then flick a software switch, and voila, the customer will have a higher range.
2: It's like magic.
1: So essentially $10,000 for an extra 85 miles of range or $118 per mile or $73 a kilometer. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, will people buy the cheaper version and then buy the extra range? I mean, I wish that the federal rules didn't have that weird distinction between a $55,000 limit for the sedan and $80,000 for the SUV. Otherwise, Tesla could get the Model S to qualify for the federal tax incentive or if they could somehow get the Model X to come in under $80,000. I mean, it's just another $9,000 <laughs> off Tesla. Let's just make the battery even smaller. It's the super short range Model X. I mean, just think, think about that. that for one second though. What if they did that? What if they offered a super small range Model X, you bought it for $20,000 less, then you got it home and you paid the extra $20,000 and you up the range and you get the federal tax credit. It's a great twist. It's called the Vinnie Van Buzelini loophole. Now there is an interesting thing about having a uh, software locked Tesla, and that is that you can charge up to a hundred percent because that a hundred percent is actually good point. You know slightly less, and so instead of you know normally buying a you know two hundred and something mile range car where you're only going to be charging to like just two hundred or you know even less because you want to keep it in that eighty percent state of charge range. Here you don't have to worry about that. You can charge it up to a hundred percent every day. The supercharging goes a lot faster, mm. feels faster. Good point. It's not that bad because that top end range you almost never use anyway. Really good point. Yeah, I'd really love to know what you guys think. Let us know down below. And while Tesla was busy offering cheaper Model S's and X's in the US, Tesla was also busy last week cutting prices of the Model 3 and Model Y in China. Yeah, check this out. Tesla reduced the price of the long range Model Y from 313900 to 299,900 won, and the Model Y performance from 363,900 won to 349,900 won. So that's 14,000 won or about $1,900. Yeah, and it says on the Tesla China Model 3 configurator page, if you place an order for the current Model 3 rear wheel drive version and complete the delivery within the time limit, you can enjoy an insurance subsidy of 8,000 won. So why is Tesla doing this? Well, Chinese customers have to take delivery by September 30th, right? So my guess is two things. Number one, Tesla wants to make sure that they have strong sales right up until the end of Q3. And maybe this is signaling the beginning of the refresh coming in October, the Project Highland Model 3. What are your thoughts? I mean, the Highland has been rumored for a while um, and you could do all these price cuts and increase demand till the end of the quarter. So that way, anyone who is on the fence and thinking like, oh, but maybe I want the Highland is going to go for getting the car. And that way, Tesla isn't stuck with a whole bunch of non-Highland inventory. Um, But then I guess it would be October 1st would be the first day of Highland. Uh, There'd be some announcement, I'm guessing. Yeah. What do you guys think? All right. We're back, Bob, for another round of Who's Adding Next this week. And it's nice to be back, Bob, to talk about an automaker that I didn't know even made any real EVs, Honda. You're right, Bob. Honda did make the Honda Clarity electric for three years, from 2017 to 2020. It only had 89 miles of range, and it was only sold in Oregon and California as a compliance car. So if Honda's adding NACs, which electric car are they going to add it to, Bob? Well, Bob, Honda will be introducing the all-electric Honda Prologue, which is a two-row midsize SUV early next year, which will be built on the GM Altium platform. And American Honda Motor Company CEO Noria Kaihara said this about joining NACs. It's quite important. We also have to push Nax as well. It is clear. So basically a GM car then, Bob? Is this why Honda had to do this? Because GM already announced that they were joining Nax, and the prologue is a GM car under the hood? That is Acura it, Bob. Um, sorry, Bob. I didn't catch you there. What? Sorry to confuse Bob. What I was referring to is the Acura ZDX. Uh, weren't we just talking about Honda? Acura is Honda's luxury brand, and the Acura ZDX will also have NAX and is also being built on the GM Ultium platform. As Shinji Oyama, executive vice president of Honda Motor Company, said, we clearly depend on GM. Once GM switches to NAX, this will follow for ZDX as well. And it sounds like Honda is very impressed with the Tesla Supercharger Network, Bob. Correct, Bob. Jay Joseph, American Honda's Vice President of Sustainability and Business Development, praised the Tesla Supercharger Network, saying, If you look at what's so great about the Tesla Supercharger Network, it's the maintenance. They stay on top of it. They've got someone on site monitoring the equipment. They're monitoring it electronically and remotely, and they fix it fast. That's probably the most important thing. But to be clear, Bob... Aside from announcing that Honda will adopt the Tesla NAX standard, Honda has not said anything about a deal with Tesla for using their supercharger network or adapters for their cars without NAX plugs. That's right, Bob. My guess is that it'll be 2025 before we actually see Honda and Acura switch to Nax and so those first cars off the line in 2024 will probably still have CCS plugs, which could hurt demand. Right, Bob, because who wants an EV that you can't yet charge at the supercharger network? And before we wrap up, this just in. Fisker makes of the fisker ocean electric suv says they have just reached a deal with tesla and will also adopt nax allowing their customers to start supercharging in q1 of 2025 using an adapter at first until their cars start getting the nax plug so there you have it folks honda acura and fisker are the three latest brands on who's adding nax this week so as bob and bob just mentioned acura honda's luxury brand has just unveiled their first ev the zdx suv at monterey car week So the ZDX will be available in two powertrains, the A-spec and the S-type. That's not confusing at all. (laughs) So here's a chart of the specs to hopefully make it less confusing. The ZDX will have a charging speed of up to 190 kilowatts, so nothing great. And as we mentioned, it should have the NAX plug starting in 2025 or so. So if I was in the market for an electric SUV, I just don't know if the ZDX would even make it onto my maybe list. I mean, compared to the Tesla Model Y, um, would a 60,000-ish A-spec ZDX with 325 miles of range and 190 kilowatt charging speed entice you? I mean, look at that lame 11-inch screen there. Yeah, but it's going to have an 18-speaker Bang & Olufsen audio system. Look, I've heard a bunch of B&O systems that have not impressed me lately. I mean, in our Ford F-150 Lightning, we've got a BNO, and I think, I don't know, I think BNO sold out a while ago. When I was a kid, it was, they made great stuff, mm. but I have just not heard anything that has impressed me lately, so I, that's nothing that impresses me. Okay, but how about the Acura Watch 360 Plus Hands-Free Driving System and Automatic Parking Assist? Yeah, we have to experience it <laughs> when it comes out what does it do is it like blue cruise like Mm. who knows i don't know what do you guys think would you consider this acura versus a model y electric trains i used to have an electric train set mounted to a full sheet of plywood it was so much fun but i remember spending a lot of time with like the rubbing alcohol trying to clean the track so that the train would run smoothly because it got its power through the track well we just spoke to the ceo of intramotive timothy lucini over on our other sister channel disruptive investing about his startup which makes electric trains, but not maybe what you're thinking. Yeah, they don't make electric locomotives. They electrify rail cars themselves. It's fascinating. I love our Disruptive Investing uh, channel because we get to talk with so many smart people, visionaries, people who see solutions to problems and then go about trying to solve them. I think you're really going to enjoy learning about how Intramotive is innovating to make this 200 year old technology even better. Cleaner for sure, but also faster and cheaper. So if you haven't already discovered our Disruptive Investing channel, then now's the time to go check it out meet dozens of incredible founders and CEOs like the CEO of Intramotive. And, you know, when we were talking with the CEO of Intramotive, we asked him about career opportunities and he said they're looking for engineers. Now, becoming an electric train engineer may sound complicated, but there's a fun and easy way to learn more about it. Brilliant covers all sorts of concepts and topics. Brilliant is a great way to learn math, data science, and computer science interactively. These are some of the skills needed by businesses today. Professionals and students alike can hone skills or learn new ones. I like that Brilliant makes it easy to level up fast with fun bite-sized lessons. And the real-time feedback and simple explanations make learning efficient. It's easy to stay on track with fun content that's always well-paced, game-like progress tracking, and friendly reminders. And you progress through lessons and challenges tailored to your level. Lessons are designed for ages 13 and up. The learning app is a game changer when it comes to math, science, and computer science skills. To try everything Brilliant has to offer for free for a full 30 days, click on the link in the description at brilliant.org slash now you know. The first 200 will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. Thank you to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode. Now, we reported on this a few weeks ago as Texas was considering making the Tesla NACS standard a requirement for charging companies to get federal funds when they build new EV chargers. Last Wednesday, the Texas Transportation Commission approved its plan to require companies to include the Tesla NACS plug at EV charging stations to be eligible for federal funds despite calls for more time to re-engineer and test the connectors. More time to test the connectors? What, the, the 12 years that they've been doing this isn't long enough? A few more Years is all we need. Look, yeah, after we first reported on this, a bunch of the big charging companies like Electrify America pushed back against the Texas Transportation Commission and the vote got delayed. I think they were hoping to either stall it for quite a while or maybe altogether, but it's now a requirement. So from now on, charging stations in Texas will need to have both the CCS and the NACS plug if they want access to federal money. And by the way, Texas will be getting more money for EV charging stations from the federal government than any other state. $407 million over the next five years. Well, that's great news, but I guess I'm still a little confused. If the money is coming from the federal government, then what does Texas have to do with it? You're right. Uh, The money comes from the federal government, but states get to put their own requirements on top of the federal requirements. And so if charging companies want federal subsidies to build their EV chargers in Texas, they're going to have to make sure they have both plugs on their chargers. So I guess that means going forward that Tesla is going to have to have Magic Dock installed at any new supercharger that they build in Texas if they want to get federal subsidies for it. That's what it looks like. And now the question is, will other states follow suit? It does seem likely that Texas being one of the biggest states could set a precedent. The bummer to me is that we're going to have to have this legacy CCS plug around for many years to come. And it's big and bulky and dumb. And I just wish that it would kind of go away. It's, it's like if in every house you had to have like a beta player and a VHS player and a DVD player and a Blu-ray player, like just pick one. Well, I think that the tough part is that there's a lot of people who own cars with CCS plugs on their cars. And so just like we've been seeing with the Chatamo plug on Nissan Leafs, it's really hard for those people when they thought that they were part of the electric revolution. Uh, Turns out they chose, you know, the wrong horse.
2: He chose
1: Boale. And so you kind of have to let those cars come to the end of their lives before you can, you know, discontinue plugs like that. Right. The California Public Utilities Commission gave its final approval last week for driverless taxi services to operate 24-7 in the state of California. Both Waymo and Cruise operate public rideshare services only in parts of San Francisco that they have mapped. Waymo has also been testing driverless rides with their employees in Los Angeles. And Cruise says it will start doing that soon as well. Cruise started charging for rides last year in San Francisco, and Waymo says that it will start to do so soon as well. So Waymo emailed current Waymo One users, letting them know about their fares that they'll start next week. But we don't know yet what the fare structure is. Cruise charges a base fare of $5 with an additional $0.90 per mile and $0.40 per minute. But Cruise does not use surge pricing, whereas Waymo says it will. So basically, Waymo's fare will likely change based on the time of day. Right. Waymo shows that their busier times are generally during weekday nights and most of the day on weekends, with their busiest times being Friday and Saturday nights. But Waymo and Cruise aren't the only two companies that have permits to test autonomous vehicles in California, right? Right. There's currently over 40 companies that hold valid permits to test autonomous vehicles in California. But Waymo and Cruise can now charge customers and operate in San Francisco at all hours. There are other cities in California that are testing out pilot programs for autonomous driverless taxis. But weren't there some recent problems with robo-taxis in San Francisco? Yeah. GM's cruise has agreed to cut its fleet in half in San Francisco down to no more than 50 cars during the day and 150 robo-taxis at night as authorities there investigate two recent crashes that their cars had in the city. So last Thursday, a cruise robo-taxi that was carrying a passenger was hit by an emergency vehicle while both vehicles were going through an intersection. And during the music festival on August 11th in San Francisco, as many as 10 cruise robo-taxis blocked a main thoroughfare for about 15 minutes when all of them stopped because they couldn't get internet service. Oh right, I read about this. With so many people in that one location using the internet on their phones, the cell service that the cars generally use got really glitchy and so the cars came to a, you know, a safe stop, but they were still blocking traffic. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the media made it sound like they shut down the city. It was just for 15 minutes and it was the safe thing to do, but yeah, I get it. A major street in a city you really shouldn't block for 15 minutes. Uh, Cruz points out that their robo taxis have driven more than 3 million autonomous miles in San Francisco and have interacted with emergency vehicles more than 168,000 times in the first seven months of this year alone. I mean, I think that it is a little stupid that you're going to be so reliant on a cellular network that as soon as it goes down for a moment that you just stop the cars. Yeah. Remember we talked to the CEO and founder of Halo Car. They use three cell services simultaneously so that this won't happen. I feel like uh crew should do the same. But look, it's tricky to test a new technology in a city. There's going to be growing pains. When we switched from horses to automobiles, we had to figure a lot of stuff out like intersections and we had to invent new technology like stoplights. Hey, if you just... Just take one minute to just hit that like button. Actually, it doesn't take a minute. It takes two seconds. You hit the like button. Um, It helps share this show with a bunch more people on the Internet. um, And we think that that would be a good thing. If you think that's a good thing, hit the like button. Thank you. All right. So Elon Musk reposted Tesla Japan's post. What do you think? Um, Can you translate that? Oh, sure. Tesla Japan is seeking test drivers to collect vehicle data. We welcome applications from those who are interested in the latest technology and enjoy driving. And according to China Evening Post last week, Tesla is planning to form a local operations team of around 20 people initially to bring FSD into the Chinese market, local media outlet 36KR said in a report today. And Tesla China appears to also be hiring a new team of data labelers to help train the neural net using Chinese signs and so forth. So this is interesting. I mean, obviously we don't have a great source on the China side. Um, But if this is true, then it looks like Tesla is going to start really moving ahead with getting full self-driving up and running in both Japan and China. I mean, I'm really intrigued by this. If any of you out there join this program, please reach out to us if you can under your NDA and let us know what Tesla is looking for. Are they trying to cover edge cases like going through the same intersection 9000 times? Or is Tesla looking to get data from geographical areas that they don't have much data on yet? Or are they looking to solve the Jerry problem? And for those of you who don't know what the Jerry problem is, it's a reference to Rick and Morty. Uh, Jerry is the kind of lame driver out there. And so here's the problem. I've always wondered that how does Tesla figure this out with FSD? Let's say I'm a great driver, right? And I go through an intersection kind of the correct way and you're a bad driver. You go through it kind of the wrong way. Okay, both of us have data now stored by Tesla as to how our cars got through the intersection. But I did it well. You did it poorly. So how does Tesla know how to get the next cars through on autonomous driving? Do they base it off of your driving or mine? And I feel like maybe this is a way to solve that problem where they hire me and you, they go, oh, Zach's a great driver, Jesse's an awful driver, so when he goes through an intersection, don't do it like Jesse. And I feel like that's how maybe they're gonna use this information, but what do you think? I don't know, I mean, I'm no AI expert, but I do know about garbage in, garbage out. If you have bad data going into a system, you can't really get any useful information out of it. Ask me how I know. I've done scientific tests before. And when I didn't have good data because either I screwed something up or, you know, we're trying to measure something that's too tiny, um, you can't make any useful you know conclusions from it. Right. And when we're talking about AI, that means that you're not training the neural net the proper way to drive. You're just kind of teaching it the average way to drive. And I think that that's maybe what something like this is going to be tackling. But again, it it could just be, you know, kind of starting like a seed training the neural net how to drive in Japan, how to drive in China. That could be kind of the start of where they're at. So we have a new job posting at Tesla that's giving us some insight into a new program that Tesla may be starting soon. Sawyer Merritt first spotted this. So Hat tip to you, sir. Melissa Porsche Blakely, staff program manager of business development at Tesla, posted this job listing for Tesla rental program in Texas on LinkedIn saying big things happening. The listing doesn't explicitly explain the rental program, but it does say this lead in the launch of the Tesla rental program in Texas and support the team on launching a small pilot in all Texas collision sites. So this makes sense, right? You bring your Tesla into a Tesla body repair shop. It's going to be there for a few days while they wait for parts and they do the work and then they have to do the paint, etc. Meanwhile, you need a car. So if Tesla has a Tesla rental program set up right there, since you're already a Tesla owner, you're very likely to want another Tesla. Boom. Right. It enhances the customer experience at the collision repair center and it brings in more revenue for Tesla as opposed to you having to rent from Hertz or Avis. And I just want to go back to that big things are happening part. I mean, could this be even bigger? Yeah. Could this be Tesla rentals at airports? Could this become a whole new business? Tesla rentals like in general? I mean, (laughs) the weird part is that you'd think that if Tesla was going to make a true car rental service that they wouldn't have just sold a whole bunch of Teslas to like Hertz and Avis and Enterprise and all their competition. Like imagine if it was where Tesla, that's the only place you get to rent a Tesla from besides Turo. Yeah, I don't I mean, really, let us know what you think. Is this going to become like Tesla's new thing where they're just going to have like Tesla rental centers or is this just for their collision body shops? Because there's been this thing with Tesla service. And we're, you know, everyone got mad at us the first time we ever said anything negative about Tesla when it was Tesla service. Um, One of the things was you're supposed to get a loaner. And Elon had said way back in the days of the Model S um, that you would be getting a a Tesla for your loaner that was better than the Tesla that you currently have, um, and everyone thought that was a great idea because that sounds really fun. Um, but it's not that easy to do. To you know, oh, I have a Tesla Model S Long Range, so I get a Plaid when I you know turn to my car. Uh, I have a Plaid, so I want a Roadster. <laughs> right. It's that's a it's a tall order, especially when they're trying to fix your car. That's kind of the most important part. They're not necessarily. It's like trying to juggle trying to get people loaners. Look, what I hate is just that a lot of times they're like, well, here's a token for a Hertz car and then you go to Hertz and you get like a Corolla and like I don't want an ice car anymore I want an electric car or they'll say like oh well we can Uber you home and it's like that's an hour and a half away I'm not going to take an Uber that long and they're like well we'll give you a credit right I'm like I still don't want to do that because then I have to come back yeah they're so Silicon Valley anyway let us know what you think all right it's time for Cybertruck Roundup yeah the Cybertruck Roundup what do we got this week, Jess? Yeah. All right. Let's start off with a look into the Cybertruck VIN numbers. Ooh. Cybertruck Owners Club user CValue13 shared this. Now, long story short, we're trying to figure out which ones are alphas, which ones are betas, which ones are release candidates, and which ones are finally production. Um, and so like, what we've seen here is that the New Zealand version we think is a beta, whereas the trucks that we spotted last week in Austin are release candidates. Sorry. This is This is pretty in the weeds. Is there anything more exciting? Oh, absolutely. In these clips, we have the F-150 wrapped Cybertruck driving around at night. So we get to see the running lights, the blinkers, as well as the brake lights. Okay, so we weren't sure how this was gonna look. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, lots of people were saying like, whoa, with a big long, you know, brake light. It doesn't have a big long brake light. It splits it up into three. And then what did I hear about crash tested Cybertrucks? Yeah, so I have a bunch of different sightings of Cybertrucks being sent around for what looks like crash testing. So first of all, we have two semi-trucks full of Cybertrucks driving along. Wow. Then another semi, this looks like a different carrier, um, but written on the window, it says, and I, I can't read this that well, once completed crash ready, tay, 5 p.m. Today? I don't no. know. What does it say? So, I mean, I think it's talking about a crash test, but it doesn't look like that that car has been crashed at all. Yeah, it looks completely fine. Right. Well, then we get to see some that have clearly been crashed. Wait. What is that under the rear of the truck? Is that for a spare tire? I don't know. I mean, it could be the first Tesla with a spare tire. If that is, you know, like a hidden compartment where they stow a a spare Mm. tire. I don't know. That could be really fun. Oh, and also in that clip, we see like a Model 3 sitting on the roof of the other Cybertruck with no wheels on it. So it seems maybe they're just like going from a crash facility yeah. to some kind of recycling or, or scrapping facility. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have nine Cybertrucks on trailers here. Nice. Uh, but this is at the Fremont factory what? in California. Why are they there? Right. They're not made there. So I think that there's crash testing at Fremont. So maybe they're doing some crash testing before they're going to send some them off to NHTSA. Oh, right. They're not made at Fremont. Right. right. I but, keep forgetting that. <laughs> they're made in Texas. Yeah. But I don't know. It's exciting to think that they're actually crash testing it. Right. Because um, now we have some drone footage from the Cybertruck at Giga Austin from Joe Tegmaier. And this is where they're made. Wow. So is that using rear wheel steering? Yes. Did anyone out there measure the number of feet of the radius? <laughs> it seemed like they could have made a tighter turn, but like just smoothed it out at the end. So, I don't know, I'm excited to, to do some U-turn testing with our Cybertruck. Yeah. Then we get some on-the-ground shots of three Cybertrucks driving all at once. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love that. Next we get to see the Cybertruck after it made it through uh the wade pit. The wade pit? So you think it's going to be a cyberboat? I mean, if it made it through that, maybe. Although, I think they can fill the pit deeper and have a harder test that's true but i mean clearly it drove through and made it out of the wade pit so nice. that's exciting then we get a very sexy picture here of the whole tesla family uh sexy i'm too sexy for my car. sexy with the what? c in the middle s o s three just read it x just read the image gotcha okay Wait, what's this? And lastly, we have the Cybertruck tooling around on a glacier in Iceland. In Iceland. Yes. And if you see the truck in front of it, I think it's being filmed. So this is going to this is kind of like what's inside baseball a little bit too much because, you Mm. know, someday we're going to see this footage and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I already saw that. Uh, But it is very exciting. This Points to the launch being fairly soon. Yes, it does. Anyway, if you want to talk all about this and more, head over to our friends at Cybertruck Owners Club. They help sponsor the show. And there they have the latest and greatest information on Cybertruck. So do you remember this? This was before Sparky. We were driving a BMW i3 and we were looking to buy a level two wall charger for it. This must have been like 2015. Yeah. And they were like three choices and they were big and they were all expensive. Well, now fast forward, there has been an explosion of different EV chargers to choose from. Some are mobile, some are wall mounted, some can do both. And choice is great, but it can also be confusing. And that's where we hope we can be helpful. When you're looking for an EV charger, head over to our sister channel, Now Let's Review, where we review everything electric and sustainable from e-bikes to EV chargers. So this week we just published our review of the watt-saving US 10 EV charger. We tested it, ran it through its paces, and we give you a whole rundown on its use cases from two guys who've been charging EVs for years. And a little tip, at the end of that video, we tell you how you may be able to win it because we are giving it away. So go to Now Let's Review and find out how. All right, Jesse, put on your VR goggles and look up in the sky at Mars. Why are we putting on VR goggles? To see this. There's a Jeep on Mars? It's not a Jeep. It's a Thar E. A Thar E? It's a new all-electric, rugged 4x4 SUV concept from Mahindra Electric Automobiles, or Meal, a subsidiary of Mahindra in India. The Thar E will be built on a derivative of the VW MEB electric platform. So the same platform as the VW ID3, ID7, and ID Buzz, and the Ford Explorer? Yep. Mahindra says that VW will supply the motors and BYD will supply the batteries. Okay, you can take your goggles off now. So when is this coming out? Uh, Mahindra didn't say, but they said that their first EV is set to launch in October of 2025. They also plan to have a second EV model coming in 2026. Well, count me in the not excited category. You can put all the vehicles you want on a CGI Mars background, but it'll count when they actually start delivering. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to point something out. Uh, the video that you were just watching there had 4.7 million views in the first four days. Hmm. And if you compare that to most marketing videos that most major car manufacturers put out, that get like, you know, 100,000 views on a good day. That's insane numbers. So, I mean, I feel like people in India are very excited about this. And even if you're like, well, but India has so many people, if you divide by the population of India compared to the United States, that would be like a 1 million view video coming mm. out in the United States. So it's yeah. still pretty big. Yeah. Well there's electric lambos now what there's an electric lamborghini right there check this out
3: i present
1: okay but that was just a marketing video so they're not actually making it yet it does not matter do not sleep on this story i think that this is a really big deal what what are you talking about? Okay, look, this isn't even slated for production until 2028. It doesn't matter. Why do you keep saying that? Because here's all it's going to be. And So uh, that's why I said I wasn't interested in an electric car. And then you get to go. Oh, dude, did you hear? They have an electric Lambo now. What? Yeah, fully electric. No way. Here's a picture. Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. I, I don't get it. They haven't made one yet.
3: No, that would be
1: doing some, are you even listening? When was the last time you saw a Lamborghini? In Marbella, Spain. And when else? Maybe five years ago. Exactly, you've seen more pictures of a Lamborghini than you have actual Lamborghinis. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about a car that doesn't exist when to most people, it never exists. Mm. The picture alone is all that matters. There is an electric Lambo now, so you get to stick that in your holster, whip that out, and go, oh, well, you think that electric cars are so stupid. Why is Lamborghini making an electric car? And nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to go, well, hey, you know what? It actually isn't slated for production until 2828. They won't know that because, again, who is buying a Lamborghini? <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> um, But... I just, okay, here's the other thing, though. That I, I was not impressed by the way it looks. It doesn't matter. It's a Lamborghini. It's it's called brand. We're taking a brand where people go, but what about Lamborghini? This is what I've heard for the last eight years is I'll be like, oh, yeah, this Tesla, it'll smoke a Ferrari. Oh, this Tesla, it'll smoke a BMW. And then they go, what about a Lamborghini? And I go, it will also smoke a Lamborghini. But then they go, yeah, but it's still, it's a Lamborghini. Um, so what's the name of this Lamborghini that I should be so excited about it's in 2028? It's the Lanzador. The Lanzador, okay. And it's kind of an SUV and it's kind of a Lamborghini. I, look, I don't care. Okay. It's just that Lamborghini no, okay. is making an EV. I hear you. So when people, ta- you get to say I, electric I, Lambo. I get it, I get it, okay, <laughs> great. But maybe that's not interesting enough to you. It's not. Okay. Well, Faraday Future just announced the official delivery of its first Ultimate AI Tech Luxury FF912.0 Futurist Alliance. Wait, I'm sorry, what? What do you mean, what? Faraday Future just delivered their first Ultimate AI Tech Luxury FF912.0 Futurist Alliance. What the hell is that? The first version of their car, the Ultimate AI Tech Luxury FF912.0 Futurist Alliance. How is this hard to understand? I mean, I have my Model 3 parked outside. Uh And if you owned this car, you'd say my ultimate AI tech luxury FF912.0 Futurist Alliance is parked outside. Why is it called that? The Futurist Alliance? It sounds like it's from Star Trek. Well, if you read their press release, it sounds like it was written by a Chinese AI and translated to English. I mean, here's just a little excerpt for you. Okay. From Faraday Future. Private Collections Motors, a major player in the luxury car market here in SoCal, is the company's first user to receive its ff 91 2.0 Futurist Alliance. The company believes that this is indicative of how the U.S. luxury car industry values Faraday Future's ultimate AI tech luxury product and brand. But of course, the kicker of the whole thing is that after a five-year delay, the car that's finally being delivered, the ultimate and AI... I don't want to hear that. Oh, okay. Again. Well, the FF91, yeah. is being delivered at a price of $309,000. What? Yeah. Um, and so you could get a Plaid for $200,000 less, a faster zero to 60 time and 15 more miles of know, range. What did you just say? How much is $309,000. <laughs> what? So you could either buy a house <laughs> or you could buy this car. <laughs> And it's slower than a plaid. It has less range than a plaid. It doesn't have the supercharger network. Oh my and God. And anytime you talk about it, you're going to have to say <laughs> the ultimate AI tech luxury FF91 2.0 futurist alliance. <laughs> They're going to have different versions of it. No. They're going to have Spire. No, no I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> So, no. you remember two months ago when they said that well, we're producing them? Yes. Took took an extra two months for them to make the first one. Yes. And then they gave it to people (laughs) who could afford (laughs) $309,000. Yeah. (sighs) The Ford's hands-free driving software is called Blue Cruise. You got it right. You said Blue Cruise. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's what it's called. Anyway, now that Ford has upgraded Booz Cruise to version (laughs) 1.2, which offers hands-free lane changes. Hang on. it's, It's Blue Cruise. That's what I said. Anyway, now that they've upgraded it, it looks like Ford is going to start charging a subscription model for it. Wait, so our Ford F-150 Lightning came with Blue Cruise. You're saying that now certain models are going to start to not come with it included? Right. Ford says customers who buy the 2024 Mustang Mach-E or the F-150 Lightning will get a free 90-day Blue's Clues trial. Blue's ready to help me look for clues. Are you? And then after that, you'll have the choice to either purchase it for a three-year package for $2,100 at the point of sale, or you can buy a yearly subscription for $800, or you can buy a $75 subscription per month. Look, I think Ford's CEO, Jim Farley, thinks he can use a play from Elon's Tesla playbook and create a new revenue stream by charging a subscription for (laughs) screws. many customers will find blue cruise it's blue cruise all that valuable i know it's called i mean it only works on certain highways and only on the straight stretches of that i'd really like to know what you guys think especially if you've experienced blue cruise lately would you be willing to pay 75 bucks a month for it and ford says it's going to roll out blue's clues 1.3 soon which Which promises promises to make make, quote hands-free highway driving driving even even better i'm gonna miss you blue cruise Right. That's what the whole story was about Blue Cruise. I think that the elephant in the room here is that, you know, people want to talk about Tesla's full self-driving, which is full self-driving or will be, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, But what Ford is doing is basically autopilot. Right. And every Tesla that you buy now comes with autopilot standard. Good point. And in fact, you can use autopilot even on back roads. It's not perfect. Right. Um, But like on the highway, it's really good. And No, I want to stress that like with our Ford F-150, you get on a stretch of highway that is covered under their program. And then all of a sudden it just drops you out. And later when you go look at the map, you're like, oh, that little stretch for some reason is not covered. You you can go to their website. You can open their map. And when it's all zoomed out like this, it looks great. Mm. When you start to zoom in. There's whole stretches. You'll find where it's not even like, I mean, yeah, there's whole highways that don't have it um but then you zoom in and you see that there's like a curve on a certain part of the highway yeah it doesn't cover that no but it'll get you all the way up to the curve um which is a very bugs bunny thing to do right hey have i got the ev for you okay but you're never gonna guess what it is okay i'll give you three stats and let's see if you can guess what it is all right okay so it has 48 volt electric powertrain with a 15 kilowatt motor for 20 horsepower Is it the Tesla Quad for kids? Nope. So that's number one. It's a replica of a 1929 vehicle. That's number two. uh yeah, I wasn't really around 1929. Okay. Last hint: It has a range of 65 miles and it costs 115 thousand dollars. What? 115 thousand dollars with a range of 65 miles? Are you sure you have your stats right? I mean, who would pay $115,000 for a range of 65 miles? Well, it appears 99 people are willing to pay that price because the little car company in collaboration with Bentley is going to make 99 first editions of the Bentley Blower Junior. That was a four and a half liter supercharged car number two back in 1929. So this tandem seater car first appeared in 1929 and was the fastest race car of its day. It actually won the Le Mans 24 hour race in 1930. This new electric version is an 85% size replica with a top speed of 45 miles an hour in the UK and Europe and 25 miles an hour in the US, because it is road legal. They repurposed the fuel pressure pump as the drive mode selector. So you can now choose Comfort for two kilowatts of power, Bentley for eight kilowatts of power, or Sport for 15 kilowatts. Production should begin in Q2 of next year. Okay, so. I mean, it's cheaper than the FF91. Sure, but I just wanna say, if you wanted to make a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang electric car, um, I feel like, comp- I mean, for $115,000. Right, why not make it go faster? Uh, oh, oh, I just mean, you could buy your own dilapidated Chitty Chitty Bang Bang from the guy who was gonna put it in the fiery furnace and you could fix it up for less than $115,000. Sure, but they did it for you. And you could make it faster. But I mean and you could make it better. Yeah, but I mean look at that rope-lined steering wheel. And you could make a rope-lined steering wheel. I could do a lot with $115,000. I just want to say. So Tesla has just released a new universal wall connector on their North America website shop. So it looks a lot like their regular Tesla wall connector, but it seems to be a bit deeper. It costs a bit more, $595 instead of $475 for the regular wall connector. And it appears to have a magic dock so that you can now plug in a Tesla with the NACS plug or switch it out to a J1772 plug so it charges up to 44 miles of range per hour using a 40 amp circuit at 11.5 kilowatts. It comes with a 24 foot cable, auto sensing handle, so you can open Tesla charge ports. You can use your Tesla app to monitor and manage your charging and usage. It has Wi-Fi for over the air updates, can be mounted indoors or outdoors, and you can power share up to six of these wall connectors and it has a four year warranty. The website says that it should start shipping in October of 2023. And And I should say it's not the magic dock with CCS. It's it's like magic dock. It's just J1772 right. and it isn't supercharging, but it is a pretty fast charger. Yeah. So last week, our friend Will from Tesla Jigsaw reported on driving a car in London. It was a great report. But we had some questions because it's a little complicated. And today, Will gets us the answers.
3: Hi, Zach and Jesse. You had a few follow-up questions for me regarding London's new controversial ULES zone. Here's what you want to know. And a quick reminder, London now has a CCZ- congestion charge zone, an LEZ, low emission zone, and a ULEZ, an ultra low emission zone. Not so easy to keep up, is it? (laughs) Sorry. Vehicles entering these zones must pay a fee every day other than Christmas. For some reason, air pollution matters not for Santa. You asked, are trucks covered under this programme? Vehicles exempt from paying the ULEZ charges are lorries, vans or specialist heavy vehicles all over three and a half tons and buses, minibuses and coaches all over five tons. However, they will still need to pay the low emission zone charge if they do not meet the emission standard. Makes sense? Hope so. If someone buys a new petrol or diesel car, are they set for life or will they someday also be excluded from driving in the ULEZ? Good question and it's certainly a possibility this could get stricter in the future but I can't imagine much changing before the UK sales ban of new petrol and diesel vehicles, which is coming in 2030. Although there were recent efforts to try and overturn that, which thankfully failed and is still on track to be implemented. You also asked, in the central London ULES zone, can EVs drive for free, but no other cars can? Yes, all fully electric cars are exempt. However, ULES regulations don't offer any special treatment to hybrid vehicles, this isn't a problem for the vast majority as they are petrol-powered and meet Euro 4, 5 or 6 regulations, which make them compliant. But there are diesel hybrids like this one for sale, claiming to be ULEZ compliant, which is in fact not. As diesels, hybrid or not, need to meet Euro 6 standards and this is a Euro 5. A quick check of any registration plate can be done on the Transport for London website. There's also been a recent update to the Scrappage Scheme, where a £2,000 ULES grant is now available to all Londoners with non-compliant vehicles. So there we go. Good luck to anybody driving in London. My advice? Use your legs. I'm Will. This is the Tesla Jigsaw. Now you know. Thank
1: you so much, Will. Wow, it is complicated, but you did a really good job of explaining it all. And yes, I totally agree. Enjoy London by foot and the tube if you can. And if you'd like to share a clip you've seen on this show but you don't wanna share the entire long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop them into little bite-sized clips and make them easy to share. Also, head on over to X where we have a lot of our episodes there too. Next up is the SpaceX update from Ellie in Space.
0: Hey, Zach and Jesse, if I had a dollar for every time someone asks me when the next Starship launch was going to be, I would be rich. Over the past week, there has been a lot of chatter about the next Starship launch date, and that is because a notice to Mariners went out for targeting no earlier than August 31st. Some people have taken this and interpreted that means that the date will be around August 31st that's probably wrong. SpaceX is still working on a lot behind the scenes, and they have yet to announce a new launch date. However, they're making a lot of progress. I told you last week about the static fire test of Booster 9, and SpaceX also shared these photos recently. They're showing the vented interstage and heat shield installed atop Booster 9. Starship and Super Heavy are being upgraded to use a stage separation method called hot staging. That is where Starship's second stage engines will ignite to push the ship away from the booster. And Elon commented saying interstage extension for hot gas venting added to enable Starship to turn on its engines while booster engines still firing. And hey, check out that guy having lunch atop the booster. You can just see how massive these are. And I wanna say that in the past week, there's been a lot of activity and construction and deconstruction going on down at Starbase. Here is some video of the Starbase mid bay being torn down thanks to Lab Padre. Some SpaceX enthusiasts are speculating that they're destroying this mid bay to construct a high bay three and eventually construct a mega bay four. So in other words, Star Factory is expanding at a rapid rate. And one more SpaceX update for you. I think this is important to recognize SpaceX and Starlink for their efforts in helping in Hawaii. I've been covering Starlink news for over two years now, and Starlink has really come in handy during natural disasters and emergency situations, and it's no different right now with the fires in Hawaii. The Starlink team posted saying that to help provide connectivity in Maui, they have shipped and distributed more than 650 kits to over 40 organizations on the island. The Starlink team covered expedited shipping and distribution costs for all kits delivered to recovery efforts in Maui. And they donated about 35% of the hardware costs. They're working with local retailers to make Starlink available at the low cost. So if you're not familiar with me, my name is Ellie in Space. I cover mostly SpaceX related news on my channel. So if you're interested, please come check out my channel. And thank you to Zach and Jesse for allowing me to give you a weekly update.
1: Thank you so much, Ellie. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. This is a Henson razor. Yes, it is. You can buy one online and you can get 100 free blades. Um, I use one. I used it to shave this morning. Your like face is buttery smooth. 30 minutes ago. Um, so if you want one, you can use our code now, you know, and get 100 free blades when you check out. So we don't spend a lot of time on Tesla Time News talking about new battery chemistries unless they appear to be a reality. Yeah, almost every day we get a report of some lab or some company coming out with the next best battery. But this next news comes from CATL, the world's largest battery manufacturer. They just unveiled what they claim to be the world's first fast charging LFP battery, the Shenjing super fast charging battery. Cattle says their new battery includes fast ion ring technology, which is a new superconducting electrolyte formulation and an ultra thin safer separator. Yeah, yeah. Get to the stats. Get to the stats. OK, they claim it'll be able to have a 434 mile, which is 700 kilometer range. Cattle claims that their new battery is the world's first LFP battery to support 4C charging. So, C is the capacitance, or basically how deep the battery can charge. You can kind of think of this as the charging multiplier of the battery. Right. So Cattle says that the battery is capable of adding 248 miles or 400 kilometers of range in 10 minutes. Okay, now I want to stop right there for a second because I think it's important for everyone to remember that the amount of range that you can put into a battery in a certain amount of time depends on the car itself. I would assume, because this is a Chinese company, that Cattle is using the CLTC rated range, mm-hmm. which is the Chinese version. Um, and if you, you've probably heard us complain about the CLTC because it is Very, very rosy. Right. Um, So that could mean that those numbers are very misleading. That's a really good point. I kind of wish that they had given us more scientific numbers. Mm. Uh, Cattle did say that the new battery can achieve fast charging over a wide temperature range. So according to them, it can charge zero to 80 percent in 30 minutes, even in temperatures as low as minus 10 Celsius, which is 14 degrees Fahrenheit. The word Shenzhen, by the way, uh, is a Chinese phrase praising speed. Cattle says that they expect mass production by the end of this year, and that new EVs equipped with this battery should be available on the market in the first quarter of 2024. And we should point out that Cattle is a major supplier to Tesla. So could we be seeing this new fast LFB battery in Tesla soon? Well, there is another thing which is that they didn't mention the price. Oh, and another thing they didn't mention is the energy density because they told us that they could give us a battery with a range of 434 miles because we don't know in what vehicle that is, if it's EPA rated range or if it's CLTC rated range and we don't know how much it's gonna cost. Yeah, I want to be excited. This could be really good news, but I just think we should temper our expectations. I feel like Cattle wants us to believe that this battery is gonna give us like 30% improvements when my guess is it's gonna be closer to 10 or 15% improvements. Which is great, but we also need need more facts to know about the price. We need to know the energy density. And I'd like to know more about the safety aspect of this ultra thin separator. But I mean, let us know your thoughts down below, but it could be really cool if we get faster charging. But again, I'm very jaded because we've read hundreds and hundreds of reports of the, the next great battery. No, I guess Years it, ago, we read some like five years ago. Yeah, and but, I mean, where this, are they? Yeah, but I mean, this is the largest battery manufacturer in the world. And that I think is the only reason why we're reporting this story. All right, it's time for Going Green. So the New York City Department of Transportation is considering changing a rule about what is a bicycle? Well, it's right there in the name. Bicycle has a bi or two wheels. Well, not if the NYC DOT has its way. They're considering a rule which would update the rules for electric cargo bikes to allow for up to four wheels and allow them to be a foot wider, four feet instead of three feet. As Mayor Eric Adams says, cargo bikes have been a valuable tool in our administration's efforts to move goods throughout the city while prioritizing street safety in our environment. And these pedal assist cargo bikes will help New Yorkers get the items they need while reducing carbon emissions and traffic congestion and getting dangerous trucks off our streets and NYC DOT Commissioner Yanges Rodriguez explained greater use of cargo bikes will bring incredible environmental and safety benefits for New York City by reducing the number of large high polluting trucks on our streets. Just two cargo bikes can replace one box truck, increasing safety and reducing CO2 emissions by 14 tons per year, equivalent to 30,872 passenger car miles traveled. Wow. So this is a new law in New York? It's not final yet. The city just opened the 30-day public comment period and the New York City Department of Transportation will hold a virtual public hearing on the proposed rule on September 13th. So New Yorkers, let them know what you think. And I just want to point out uh, some stats here. Since the New York City's Department of Transportation commercial cargo bike pilot program launched back in 2019, the number of cargo bike deliveries in New York City has increased dramatically. In 2022, cargo bikes made more than 130,000 trips, delivering over 5 million packages, resulting in a reduction of over 650,000 metric tons of CO2 emissions. Not to mention less trucks on the street, right? That means less noise. Less diesel air pollution. More parking spaces available. And less honking. And I think this is really smart to have a four-wheeled Uh, cargo bike. Yeah, we drove a three-wheeled cargo bike when we were in Amsterdam at the Micromobility Conference. It's really easy to get around, um, and it takes up so much less space. But I think that the reason that they went for the three wheels was because you have to do three wheels. Otherwise, you're some kind of, wait a minute, hang on, that's not a bicycle. That's got four wheels. We're going to call it something completely different because I'm a bureaucrat, and I can only see the world through the lens of what lawyers can write for me. So how could I know that this isn't a truck, huh? I think it might be a car. This could even be an airplane for all I know because I don't know anything because I'm a bureaucrat. I just think that nobody is gonna go like, wait a minute, that's got four, besides the bureaucrats, right? Exactly. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So this X post from Tesla Energy backs up what we have been talking about last week on the show about how awesome Tesla VPPs are. Did you know that Austin, Texas has seen 40 straight days in a row of triple digit temperatures for our Celsius friends watching? That's at least 38 degrees Celsius every day for over a month. So, the fact that Texas ERCOT grid users could get help running their air conditioning from Tesla Powerwalls, many of whom also have solar panels on their roof, is awesome. And they got paid to do it. Yeah, Stambush Staffing said My Tesla electric bill is once again zero. And with $124 owed to me, thanks, Tesla team and Elon. All right. This next story takes place in Vermont. And I realize that most people don't live in Vermont. It's a very low population state, but it's pretty exciting what's going on there. Yeah. Speaking of power walls, uh, Green Mountain Power, which is the biggest utility in Vermont, had this program where people could get a Tesla Powerwall. In fact, it started in 2015 and it was the first utility in the U.S. to partner with Tesla. The problem was that the program was so popular that they had to cap it at 500 customers a year since 2020. And so there's been a wait list. For the Powerwall program that's now 1,200 customers long. And so people on that list won't be getting their Powerwall until 2026. And after that historic flooding that just happened in Vermont, 300 more customers joined the waitlist for Powerwalls this summer. So Green Mountain Power filed a request with the Vermont Public Utility Commission in April to lift the cap on enrollment. And last week, the PUC agreed. And that now means that Everyone gets a power wall. look under your seats, you get a power wall and you get a Powerwall. Okay, but how does this work? Cause not everyone can get a Powerwall. Okay, well the way it works is that Green Mountain Power customers in Vermont can lease two Tesla Powerwall batteries for $55 a month or $5,500 in advance. Or you could buy your own battery from a local installer and get an incentive of up to $10,500 from Green Mountain Power depending on how much stored energy you agree to share during peak events. So how many people in Vermont currently have Powerwalls? There are about 2,900 households that have Powerwalls in Vermont. That's about 4,800 batteries. And in 2021, Green Mountain Power customers saved more than $3 million. At one point in 2022, during a peak event, GMP customers saved nearly $1.5 million. And if you would like to get Powerwall or solar on your roof, our friends at Energy Pal know a lot about batteries as well as solar. Contact them at the link down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. They will give you all this free advice for free. All right, time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. That's what makes this show awesome. Send them to hello at Now You Know Channel. Keep them two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape. Good audio, no music. What do we got this week, Jess? Miguel sent us this story about Electrify Expo in San Francisco, Alameda, California.
2: Hello, Zach and Jesse. Electrify Expo 2023 San Francisco happened in Alameda, right across the bay from the city. Lots of vendors, Um, here you can see uh, EV cars being demoed, unique wraps uh, from private individuals in the Electrify show-off, lots of cool uh, cars, models, and designs to take a peek. Even a little kids zone where they they had um, electric bikes and even these electric go-karts that kids could ride around in. So fun for the whole family. There's also this e-scooter section with lots of vendors. People got to try out um, skateboards, scooters, mopeds. You can see there's a lot of um, a lot of the uh, vendors also here. They had a lot of tracks for all sorts of activities. Showcase really nice bikes. Of course, some of the common carriers. More tracks, um, and then finally at the end of the. Uh, whole lot. There was this place where you could just um, test drive. So this is the intro section, but there was a straightaway where you could go up to like 85 miles an hour, which was really cool. Uh, overall, really great experience, really fun. We got to test drive a Tesla, a VinFast, but of course there were also other other vehicles, including Lexus, Polestar, etc. And then finally, of course, there's this um, really popular showcasing of the what I believe is a Mach-E. Uh, in drift mode, which was very popular. Overall, Electrify Expo was a great event in a great city and really enjoyed it. So looking forward to 2024. Now you know.
1: I love that area in Alameda, which is that giant, big flat area where you can hold things like this. And I mean, you can race cars and do all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, if it looks familiar, it's because the Mythbusters used to test stuff there all right time for our patreon bonus stories this week we're going to take you on a time attack in nerbering in germany with a rimac nevera um so come along while we show you the what's just going to blow your mind Mm -hmm. um along with a whole lot of other stories look if you support us on patreon for just a buck a month you get all these stories plus we have so many other cool perks so please come join us there All right. We're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon poll. What was the question this week? So with the recent price cut for the Model 3 NY and why in China was the signaling that the Highland is going to begin deliveries in October. Mm, Patrons are usually right. So a lot of people think that oh. October 1st is going to be Model 3 Highland Day. All right. Nobody is going along with my theory. What was your theory? My theory is that the Highland is going to be Tesla's Chinese exclusive variant. Yeah, I I don't think so, but (laughs) I may be right. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And Elon said for the Tesla FSD test drive in Palo Alto tonight, I'll ask the car to drive to Zuck's house. We'll also test latest X livestream video so you can monitor our adventure in real time. If we get lucky and Zuck actually answers the door, the fight is on. Elon says, knock, knock, challenge accepted. Open the door. Thought you might want some tea, so I brought the bags. Hallmark's catalog says breaking Elon Musk will live stream FSD driving him to Mark Zuckerberg's house in Palo Alto to fight. Tesla FSD test X live stream test attempted and Zuck fight triple header. What could go wrong? Says Ashley Vance. Elon says a lot. Elon says Zuck thread coming soon about how we would, of course, love to fight anytime, But blah, blah, UFC something, something. Doge designer says breaking Mark Zuckerberg spokesperson responds to Elon Musk. And Elon says there was some hasty backpacking at the Zuckerberg residence today. Traveling my ass. Galia Farr says, why is it that when Elon Musk does anything, the mainstream media finds a way to turn it negative? And Elon says, I barely ever read them. Mainstream media is a misery magnifier. Robert Scoble says, I hate lists. So I followed everyone in AI I could find 70,000 all by hand. It's amazing what X shows me. My thesis is that AI people are the smartest in our society. Certainly that is true in San Francisco and the Silicon Valley. There is a downside. Following a football stadium of smart people is addictive and it's hard to go to sleep because they teach so much. Elon says when we properly apply AI to X, the content recommendations about AI and everything else will be incredible. Gayle Far tweeted out this meme of memes doing a better job at reporting current events than the mainstream media. Elon says true. Holmar's catalog says the Musk haters are a powerful force to be reckoned with. I propose that once a week they turn their attention to someone actually horrible. Jeffrey Dahmer, Osama bin Laden, Dan O'Dowd, whoever. Imagine the crimes they could enthusiastically solve, the wars they could prevent. They literally could have exposed a crime, but they were so obsessed with Musk. They missed the fraud Milton was convicted of, even when it was right under their nose. Elon says, I wonder why. Doge Designer says Elon Musk reportedly donated $10 million to fund a fertility and population research project. The money was given by the Musk Foundation to the University of Texas in Austin. Basil says when you actually care about your species more than country leaders worldwide, both inspiring and sad. Elon said I care very much. Daniel X says, struggling to do more than seven hours of sleep. Anyone who has gone from six hours to eight to nine hours would love to hear how it has changed your perspective. Elon says, six hours works for me. Less than that, my brain is in pain. Doge Designer says, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the name Elon Musk? And Elon says, me. non esthetic thing says, what would you delete? Elon says, mosquitoes that carry malaria. Alex says, Zuck really trying so hard to be Elon these days. Can't tell what's real these days. Can someone please let him know on threads that I'm popping by his house to fight as soon as he's back in town? Physics and History says, in your opinion, what's the most intriguing, unanswered question in the world of science? Walter Isaacson says, why is there something rather than nothing? Elon says, that is the biggest question. Elon says, fight recap. I joked on X about fighting Zuck. Zuck then said, send me location. Italy graciously offered a coliseum. Zuck declined. I suggested his house as a safe space. Tragically, he was <clears throat> traveling. Is there anywhere he will fight? But then, community notes corrected Elon, which I think is great. Huh. The Italian government denies having offered the coliseum. Oh. Uh. Doge designer quoted Elon saying a little sugar is fine. Elon says, we got some cupcakes for Lex's birthday. He's been over there training. Ramp Capital Guy says, hear me out. We bundle them all together, offer a discounted price and call it cable. And of course, he's talking about (laughs) streaming services and the prices that have been going up recently. Elon says, great idea. Tesla Economics says, Elon, forget about the house fight for a sec. When are you live streaming FSD beta version 12 on X? Elon says next week. Ooh. Jack Poso says, what if Elon held an X space on SpaceX? (laughs) Elon said, definitely happening doge designer says i just saw someone reading a newspaper it's crazy to think that newspapers exist in this online era elon says newspapers just search the internet particularly this platform and print it out elon says i am whatever the opposite of an escape artist is (laughs) and he said he's in the metaverse and can't get out that's how real it is most large ai systems are currently extremely wasteful with how much energy is spent on data transfer moving same bits around versus compute tesla estimate is that at least an order of magnitude improvement is possible Hmm. Elon went on say Tesla and SpaceX Starlink doing our best to be helpful in Hawaii. And Austin said, is there anything special you have to do to get a Starlink terminal to work in Hawaii? Elon says we're turning on anything in that region for free. Eric Berger says, according to Bryce Space Tech, SpaceX lifted nearly 10 times as much mass to orbit in the second quarter of this year as its closest competitor, the nation of China. Elon said, don't want to jinx it, but SpaceX is tracking to lift 80 percent of all mass to orbit. China is roughly 10 percent and the rest of the world is roughly 10 percent. Seb says, humans now slower and worse at solving captchas than the machine learning powered bots. And Elon said, <laughs> past bot defenses are failing, only subscription works at scale, which is true. Yeah. Gail says, music is a limbic resonator. Elon says, the best music resonates both the limbic and cortical systems. Catherine Brodsky says, has anyone done the math on whether banning plastic bags at stores actually help save the environment? Many people reuse them as garbage bags, etc. Now they have to buy special garbage bags that use more plastic. Elon says there's no good reason to ban plastic bags or straws in any country where trash is not dumped in the water. And Elon announced that he just arrived in Japan and he said the legacy blue checkmark system was corrupt to the core and I despise those who want it back. Then he tweeted out the Tucker Carlson interview with Vivek Ramaswamy and he says he is a very promising candidate. Elon says every day is a brand new day. What do you want to make of it? Jonah Kreider says powerful sentiment here. Each new day you have a fresh start to do something better, learn something new and create a better outcome than the previous day. Elon said yes. Tesla Economics says breaking. Zuck never left his home on vacation. Elon said, I'm just going to start hunting him in Palo Alto. SpaceX tweeted out long duration test fire of Raptor while gimballed 15 degrees. Landing burn max gimbal deflection. Ho ho ho. Mm. David said, it's crazy how much energy, sleep, etc. were historically controlled by caffeine. Without it, I have more total energy and it's smoother and more predictable. Caffeine gives a boost, but the lows really take it back. And I don't know if it was ever really worth it in my life. Elon says, I like the aesthetics and aroma of coffee more than its mild stimulant effect. Greg Brockman says, in machine learning engineering, seek perfection rather than good enough. Elon says, this statement, while seeming perhaps trite at first, is extremely significant. And I think they're talking about local maxima Mm -hmm. versus solving a problem. Mm -hmm. Sophie says, I'm side questing maxing. I'm straying from the main journey to collect rare bits of lore. I'm talking with wide eyed optimists on the outskirts of town who swear there's treasure hidden just over the hills. I'm going on impromptu adventures just for the sake of exploring the world. Elon says same. Tesla Synopsis tweeted out the boys. Elon says love that shot. Austin says I think it's under discussed that Hitler and much of the Nazi leadership were absolutely flying on amphetamines, primarily methamphetamines, during what became World War II. Elon says only thing more insane than a Nazi is a Nazi on meth. Toby Fulham tweeted my second greatest achievement in life talking about Elden Ring. Elon says Elden Ring is some of the most beautiful art ever created, a majestic work of art. And then uh, Elon tweeted out Tokyo X, so that's his son at uh, Grimes' concert in Japan. (laughs) Unusual Whale says Texas power prices have surged 6,000 percent, climbing towards the 5,000 price cap, leading the state grid to ask consumers to voluntarily cut energy usage. Elon says Tesla Megapacks can solve this. Matt Smith says the Tesla Megapack XL is 3.9 megawatt hours, meaning in an event like this, discharging fully is worth $7,800. That means that just one full discharge is worth about 0.3% of the total capital cost of the Megapack. That's pretty bonkers. Elon said, exactly. Kache says, when did all the physicists become computer scientists? Elon says, always were. And then this picture of the vented interstage of the super heavy booster from Tesla Economics saying, wow. Elon said interstage extension for hot gas venting added to enable Starship to turn on its engines while booster engines are still firing. Yeah, uh, normally you stop one and then yes. you launch. This is like live firing. Yeah. And then Elon tweeted out, X as humanity's collective consciousness, and this is very far from its final form. Linus says, if you think this is creepy, you should know what all major stores in the world know about you as a shopper. They use in-store, online, cell tower, and more to keep track of everything, everything. Cambridge Analytics is a joke in comparison. Oh. It's it's a video of like That's scary. how many people are making how much coffee. This concept shows how a coffee shop can use AI to analyze baristas and customers. Enjoy your double chocolate chip frappuccino and privacy while there is time. <laughs> Bill Gurley says, in light of the fact that the U.S. leads the world in healthcare costs as a percentage of GDP without better outcomes, I would love to hear the argument from someone in pharma why we should be okay that we pay multiples of the same price in other countries for the same drug. Elon says, great question. Tim Urban says, deeply unexcited for the next 18 months of U.S. politics. Elon says, might be more interesting than we expect. Elon says, although there are some bad things in the world, remember that there are many good things, too. The sad truth is that there are no great social networks right now. We may fail, as so many have predicted, but we will try our best to make there be at least one. Elon said humanity's birth rate is collapsing. James Wood says, thank you. If Elon removes the ability to block concerted harassment by trolls or organized political entities, how will X be any different from Jack Dorsey's horrid Twitter? Elon says, then delete your account. Autumn says that Elon post was kind of bleaky, out of character even. Hmm. Elon says, I'm having a good time blocking people who complain that blocking is going away. Yeah. So Elon basically wants to get rid of the block feature and change the mute feature to be more powerful. Hmm. Adam says, it's so incredible that we are going to live through the creation of AGI. It will probably be the most important event in the history of the world. And it happens in our lifetimes. Elon says, true. I hope it's nice to us humans. Ross says, are you supposed to move or stand on an escalator? I see we don't universally agree and it really breaks the flow. Elon says, run in the opposite direction of the escalator. I think he's onto something. All right. It's time for community mail time. Remember, share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at NowYouKnowChannel.com. Cameron spotted this Lordstown Endurance in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow. Nice. <laughs> That's more rare than <laughs> pretty much else, everything else on the road. Andrew spotted these Teslas around Taipei, Taiwan. Gary spotted this Tesla bot on display at a local showroom. Mm-hmm. Jill spotted this Tesla Model S with a kayak on top supercharging near the freshwater springs in Crystal River, Florida. Edwin found this Fiat 500E in Zagreb, Croatia. Andrew came across this Tesla showroom while vacationing in Thailand. Rui saw this white Model Y in Tecuria in the Azores of Portugal. John spotted this Model Y with a Boren license plate and SpaceX badge. I wonder if he's a boring company employee. (laughs) Steve sent us this new Tesla supercharging station in Rossford, Ohio. Andrew spotted this wind farm near the Straits of Taiwan. Here's our buddy Remy's new Model Y performance in Belgium. Hi, Remy. And Quinn saw this Hyundai Ioniq 6 in Denver, Colorado. All right, it's time for the EV tip of the week. And Fred sent us this tip about parking your Tesla. So he said never back into a parking space except for charging. If someone bumps your vehicle, you have three cameras facing the incident. If you back in, you have less chance of catching the incident. The front camera won't record the tag from hard left or right angles. Mm, That's a really good point. So what are we supposed to do? Just Uh, turn around and drive drive in. Drive straight in. Ah, okay. Thank you, Fred. All right, it's time for Supercharger reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world.
4: Hey, Zach and Jesse. Oz here in the Oster Valley in Italy. Driven here from the UK. Uh, We have a 4 stall V2 Supercharger uh, in possibly one of the most stunning locations. As you can see behind me, there's nothing but mountains. There seems to be about another eight additional Tesla superchargers here that don't seem to be open yet, but we're just sat here in the Italian Alps charging on our way to Lake Garda. We were meant to be traveling to Verona uh, via a flight which got cancelled and so we thought screw it let's just jump in the Tesla and road trip it over here. So from London to Lake Garda in two days we stopped here in Ulster for two nights just to enjoy the scenery have a little break after about uh, 14 hours of driving probably Uh, but having only had about two hours sleep uh, the night before having expected to get a flight to Italy so hopefully I'll be able to do a few more of these on the way to Italy but uh, for now I guess This is a supercharger review and a most beautiful superchargers submission. I'd give this about an eight out of 10 charging speeds, not ideal, but that's probably because we have just left the hotel and we've only driven for about 10 minutes to warm the car up. So we're only getting about 70 kilowatts currently. Uh, Amenities wise, we have a gelateria, some shops as a hotel, seems to be a truck stop and a few other bits here. So I would give this about a seven out of 10, but with a view, maybe a nine out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Now You Know community. This is Joel at the Broadview Heights, Ohio.
1: It's a eight stall, two hundred fifty kilowatt, right off Interstate eighty tollway. Uh, Inside's pretty decent. They've got Burger King, Pizza Hut, Starbucks, gas station food, clean restrooms. Overall, this one's uh, pretty decent. It is just the tollway though, so you can't go off into a town or anything. Uh, but it's still a six out of ten. Now you know.
4: Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Mark. I'm in Eureka. At their 8th stall right off of uh, Broadway which was 101 and pretty nice place they have a big mall here Um, and there's some fast-food places down that way McDonald's and a few others so I'd give this a
1: 9 or 10 now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to see a map of all the Supercharger Reviews that we have or upload your own, you can head to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, what do we got for new ones? we got number 61 in New Jersey is the 8th stall in Hackensack, New Jersey. Number 25 in Finland is the 8th stall in Kenmin Ma, Finland. The 3stall in Shenzhen, China. Number 83 in Taiwan is the 7th stall in Pingtung, Taiwan. Number 112 in Norway is the 12th stall at Krokstad, Norway. Number 67 in Pennsylvania is the 16th stall in Matamorsis, Pennsylvania. The 3stall in Putan, China. Number 61 in North Carolina is the 16th stall in Charlotte. Number 132 in Texas is the 8th stall in Hamilton, Texas. Number 374 in California is the 6th stall in Alema. The three stall in Shijiazhuang, China. The 6th stall in Fuzhou, China. A three stall in Fuzhou, China. A three stall in Shanghai, China. A three stall in Suzu, China. Number 54 in Illinois is the 16 stall in Springfield, Illinois. Number 17 in Louisiana is the 16 stall in Gonzales, Louisiana. Number 65 in Hong Kong is the nine stall in Cyberport 3, Hong Kong. And number 1799 in China is the three stall in Rugao, China. And number 24 in Denmark, number 1048 in Europe, number 5416 in the world is the 16 stall in Alborg, Denmark. And you made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. We made it to the We've end of the been show. We made it to the end of the show too. But you know, we still have a lot more content to do, Jesse, because um, if you don't know about this, uh, if you join us on Patreon for a buck a month, you get to go over and see all of our Patreon bonus stories, which we're about to record. And so that's a whole bunch of new content that you get there. We also, also. do also we also do the investor club bonus stories. So if you're interested in investing, maybe in Tesla, maybe in other electric vehicle companies, or maybe in just disruptive companies in general, you can head over to Patreon support us for ten dollars a month and join. Join the investor club and by the way on our investor club live stream that we just did over the weekend we got to hang out with not only our investor club members but also the ceo and founder and the cfo of a new company and we got to talk to them and ask questions and and evaluate their company and next thursday we're going to have another one of those calls um with another company's ceo and and uh, c-suite yeah And that's all a benefit that you get to do if you join our investor club and this is stuff i mean i don't think i've seen this anywhere else on the internet and then if you're like okay it's great that we get to meet these people but you know i want to i want to do more than that but we also have a slack that's part of our investor club Um, and slack is basically a communications platform where uh everyone in our investor club these are people who watch this show so they know about tesla they talk about investing yeah Um, so it's a very very exciting Proposition, if I may add. If you want to get into it for free, you can join us over on our disruptive investing channel. Um, there we do uh, disruptive investing news every week. So if you want more news and you don't want to pay for it, that's where you can check some of that stuff out. Exactly. I mean, we just talked to the CEO of Intramotive, which is a you know electric train company. Really exciting stuff. And again, we're I think one of the first on the internet to talk to most of these companies. We kind of bring them to the world. So um, that's the kind of work we do. If you want to support it, please. Consider joining us on Patreon because YouTube lately, oh my god, and I I mean lately, like the past five years, they just basically are like creators, who needs them? <laughs> yeah. Which is why so many people are going over to X. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on YouTube. Um, I, I really appreciate it. We are on X. We, we are so you on might X be seeing well. us there too. Um, we will see you next time. Now you know. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Alberts, now in fresh colors.